Hey guys, your favourite podcast is just seconds away, but what if you could listen to it without worrying about using data? Got an offer for you right now. Uh, if you go to ilovedata.com.au, you're going to get 50 gigs of data for only $59.95 a month. There's no contracts. There's no catches. It's ilovedata.com.au. Open that up on your browser now, and let's get into the podcast. The following program contains language and subject matter that is adult in nature. Discretion is advised. Okay, there we go. What are you waiting for? Do it! Triple M. What? Why are you waving at me so furiously? There's a phone call for you. Yeah? Wrong number. Another wrong number? Yeah, I know, yeah. Why do we get so many wrong numbers? I don't know. What do they want? You'll see. Hello? Um, hi, I've just got a question about an orange chair that I saw in there, mate. You saw what, sorry? An orange chair. It's a recliner. An orange recliner? Yeah, you had it advertised for sale. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, sure. What did you want to know? Yeah, is it is it still available? Yeah, it is, but I'm going to have to ask you a couple of questions. Uh, yeah, cool. Whereabouts in the house is it going to go? Uh, in the lounge room. Right. What other furniture's in there? Uh, there's a coffee table, there's a cabinet with the TV, and there's another sort of long couch. What's the coffee table made of? Um, oh, it's got a glass top and um, stainless steel, uh, you know, cast iron legs. Right, so no wood on it at all then? Uh, no, not on the table, now. Okay. And how about the cabinet? What's that made out of? Uh, yeah, the cabinet's just like chipboard wood. Okay, is it pine? Uh, made, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, does this uh, affect the chair somehow? Yeah, obviously. I don't want to disrupt the chair's natural journey through life. Um... Okay. So if the chair doesn't feel comfortable in its surroundings, then really I've done a a disservice. I thought I was supposed to be comfortable in the chair. Well, yeah, we'll get to you in a sec. Tell me about the couch. What does that look like? Uh, It's it's red. Red? Yeah. How do you think that's going to fit with an orange chair? Good, good. The colours would complement themselves. Do you think? Um, yeah, I was planning on that being the case. What kind of red is it? It's, oh, I don't know. I don't know colours all that well. A dark it's a red, red or is it maroon? Bright red? No, it's pretty bright red. Oh. What would the distance be between the couch and the chair, do you think? Well, there's a footstool, mate, but I, yeah, I, I don't, don't know think... how the orange chair is going to feel being so close to a bright red couch. I'm going to put that down um, as a no for that. Who's going to be sitting on the recliner? Uh, Donald Trump, mate. It's, what does it matter? If you're not going to take it seriously. Uh, I just don't expect these, the amount of questions about a chair. It, 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 it's a chair. It doesn't have an emotional journey. It's just a chair. No, I'm not going to be able to help you out, mate. I'm sorry. All right. Uh, f*** then, mate. <laughs> well, that was a bit unnecessary, I thought. I didn't think so. You've got to make sure the chair is happy at all costs. Meanwhile, somewhere in the city, someone's sitting by their phone going, how come nobody's rung up yet about this great chair we've got for sale? <laughs> Hi, this is Ozzy Osbourne in the rubber room with Ugly Phil. I'm going to come down there and bite his f***ing head off. How about the places that cheaters are doing it? I saw this story about the places that once a surveillance officer, or if we like to call them a private detective, goes out and checks out people... 
It's amazing where people are making love while they're cheating on their partners. In fact, uh, Luke's on the phone. He's an infidelity private investigator, is that right? Amongst other things, yes. And you've been doing that for how long? My first licence 21 years ago. But you've seen some things, and I bet in your job you've also got to be a bit of a, an amateur psychologist as well. Yeah, look, this, a support role is definitely a part of our service that we need to provide to our clients. Right, I like some of the creative places people are cheating as well. Let's start with this one, bushland. You're all right as long as you don't get a thorn in your ass. <laughs> You know, one of the jobs that we did, we had followed this uh, gentleman for a long period of time and he had a real hectic schedule. We just couldn't see that he would have time to ha- actually physically fit in an affair. Decided to give it one last shot and um, following the morning, he was going for a jog every morning. And that's where he was actually meeting up with another girl along his pathway of a jog and then he was heading into the bushes for a good uh, 15 minutes and then popping out. So to speak. I hope he didn't litter while he was doing that. <laughs> what about the Bunnings car park? I found that very interesting, you know, especially the age, you know. The guy was late 50s, I think, could have been possibly in the early 60s, you know, and it was a really hot summer's day. Just parked in the side of a, of a Bunnings car park area and, yeah, I've actually got some video of it. Um, he didn't have any tints on his car or anything like that, but um, the client was... Um, relieved actually in the sense of you know, at least we found out what's going on she had some direction just popping out for a sausage sizzle at Bunnings <laughs> <laughs> and public toilets you think people would just be wary of a little bit of cleanliness and sanitation wouldn't you look I think we can leave out the germ germphobes there that's 100% pretty restricted and, and, and pretty dirty in there I, I, w- I would imagine and on the side of the road between a couple of parked trucks maybe it's uh, creativity I think or, or maybe it's just spontaneous effect um, yeah. yeah it was in the back of a sort of like an industrial area and sometimes the trucks park just out the front there and off they they went between the two parked trucks why didn't they do it in the car i don't, I don't know but um yeah off they went on the side of the trucks and just luckily i had some good camera and night vision equipment there to get the the shot the, the money shot so to speak and my favorite one is at the cinema because how you can do this is a bit like joining the mile high club it tend to happens right at the back of the cinemas and um the one that we noticed or well, we've actually seen it a couple of times actually throughout our years you know they get a little bit adventurous dark and once the film comes on being a little bit more romantic maybe they should watch a different film yeah exactly should have not gone and seen inside man or the banger sisters you know (laughs) (laughs) what's your website if people need your services www.heartbreakers.com.au and we provide services all over australia you've got to let me come out with you one night i promise i'll just sit in the back seat and i won't do anything we'll organize something for sure um... (laughs) i want to go out on surveillance that's my whole life right there i'll bring all the night vision equipment out and um, hidden cameras and we'll we'll make a night of it. Be talking about that. Tell my kids about that if I ever have any. Not that I plan to, but now I want to. Just so I can tell them about how I went out into some surveillance one night. I had this really weird sensation that someone's been following me and it turned out it's true. And I've had somebody stalking me for a few days now and I've noticed him sort of lurking under tunnels and at the back of the train. And you know, and you won't believe this, you know who is stalking me? Who? Morgan Freeman. I knew you wouldn't believe it straight away. And I thought to myself, that's Morgan Freeman. Maybe he's making a next God movie where, you know, like Jim Carrey and the other guy. Yes, um, from Evan Almighty. He was on TV the other day. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he wants me to be like, you know, to play, you know, the next character in the movie or something. But anyway, so I went on. Morgan Freeman does a daily audio blog of what he does every day. <laughs> I know, it's hard to believe, but this is incredible, but true. Um... And and I listened to what he did in the last couple of days. Yeah. And as incredible as this sounds, I have proof that Morgan Freeman has been stalking me. Morgan Freeman, the actor. Yep. 
Have a listen. This is from his audio blog. I could see why some of the Triple M DJs took him for a loner. He had a quiet way about him. A walk and a talk that just wasn't normal around level 14. See? He strolled like a man in a park without a care or a worry in the world. Watch me in the park? Like he had on an invisible coat that would shield him from this place. Yeah, I think it would be fair to say I liked Ugly Phil from the start. See? I have to remind myself that some DJs aren't meant to be caged. Their feathers are just too bright. Bit of a weirdo, isn't he? As well as his floral shirts. Stone dubbing. You can't keep someone like Phil caged in a studio. No idea. He needs to do on-location interviews. He needs to do meet-and-greets backstage. He needs to go to the bathroom occasionally. What? But for now, he stays in the rubber room. Yeah. And I'll keep following him around. See? Providing a constant narration. Oh, I don't know what to say. Well, I have to say, I'm being followed by Morgan Freeman. It's weird. I didn't believe you, really? but, you know, you now I do. He's just sat it there. And I know. going to continue to follow me around. Leave me alone. Morgan, get off my case, Oh, my God, man. is that him over there? In a building tall With a stone wall around There's a rubber room When a man sees things and hears sounds It's not there He's headed for The rubber room Guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. We did mention at the start of the show that we've been handed an incredible deal from Ovo Mobile. So if you switch to Ovo Data Sim, you're going to get 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G. And this is going to change how you enjoy listening to music, video, sport, all the stuff you do on your mobile device with nothing more than a new sim. And get this just for you for listening right now. Ovo will give you the first month at half price. Let's do some math. Let's work that out. A whole month to enjoy 50 gig on 4G for just $29.95, then $59.95 after that. So there's no contract and Ovo will instantly upgrade your plan to any better offers they release as part of their more for fans promise. And with 50 gig, you can afford to catch up with us more often. Open your browser now and get on at ilovedata.com.au. 50 gig for $59.95 on 4G and then half price for the first month. I love data.com.au. Now let's get back to the show. All right, Sammy X or the Rock Dolls, what do we got? Stuff you didn't know about James Hetfield and things you wouldn't necessarily expect either. Like what? Well, the Metallica frontman has admitted he is a fan of Adele. Hello. He praised her live shows and said that he was amazed by how calm she was. He said, I love her, she's unbelievable and blows my mind. Her voice and her candor and coolness about being up there and being as huge as she is, she's so down to earth. I guess when you're not singing St. Anger, it's probably not that easy to get excited. Hetfield also admitted that the death of Amy Winehouse inspired him to write Moth Into the Flame. Really? I didn't never pick that up listening to that off that album. Exactly. It was after he watched the film documentary about her that came out a couple of years ago. He reckons that fame can be dark and dangerous like a drug and it totally changes your view of the world. Oh, you've got no idea, folks. Some days I just go to the supermarket, all I want to do is buy milk. I'm like, yeah, I know, yeah, I'm him. He says, fame has followed me around since we formed the band. It's a Pandora's box that often makes you wonder, okay, 
How now do I become unfamous? I just think how now brown cow some days. <laughs> Let's just hear a bit of Moth into Flame. Have you got your copy of the album yet? Make sure you do. It's going to be number one when the album charts come out this week. Metallica, what have we got next? Next, we have got Nikki Six has admitted he is not a fan of Steel Panther. Room. About to talk to Kate in the UK and she's going to be one of the people, one of the professors talking at the Sex Toys Conference in London. Hey Kate, so what are we expecting from this thing then? This is very much in its infancy and we have a chance to shape it and it doesn't have to go down this traditional route of having a seductive female sex robot. There's a big interest in the field of human-computer interaction with TV, film, in my garage being another place. One of the questions is, does love have to be reciprocated in order for it to be valid? Oh, no, I don't think so at all. Um, people have crushes on other people all the time, and people fall in love and it's unrequited. Um, I think we can get attached to so many things, and I don't think that you necessarily have to have that love returned for it to be valid. No, well, if you'd been in some of my relationships, you know that's a definite. <laughs> <laughs> so sessions are planned on humanoid robots, robot emotions, and personalities. Getting back to the robot emotions, though, that's a curious area to get in because do you want robots to have emotions? Well, that is a tricky one, and that's something that we are researching. There's a lot of issues around the ethics of AI. So, for example, how we, if we create a machine that can think and feel, do we want to give it the things that we experience, like pain or desire? It's still a very much a debated topic in AI. What do you think about jealousy? Do you think robot jealousy would be a good thing? <laughs> I'm not convinced jealousy is a good thing at any Point. You've been looking at me or you're looking at the vacuum cleaner? <laughs> <laughs> so many things, so many jobs are going to be superseded by robots. You know, why can't people who are lonely as well have a robot partner? Yeah, exactly. And we already have care and companion robots in homes and looking after people. Japan relies quite heavily in some areas on care robots, for example, with the elderly mm. um, and in hospitals. And people get very attached to these and it's just taking it a step further to think that you can form some kind of relationship or sexual relationship with them. Um, the thing is, there's a huge market for sex toys. This is really extending that. I mean, the, the worldwide market for sex toys is about $20 billion. And it's an area that where development is also taking place, the sex tech industry. Um, and I think we can see it a bit like an extension of that. Sure. And what do you think the biggest ethical question is? At the moment, uh, the way the technology is at the moment, I think it's around data. Because if you have machines that store data, I and mean, everyone's using things like fitness trackers, right. smart TVs, this is already collecting data on us. But if you have a sex toy or a sex robot that's collecting data, that data becomes very, very personal. And who is owning that? Who's using that data? What can it tell the makers about us? Because I'd never even thought about that, the fact that it is collecting data about you. And in terms of that, having been through the metal detector at American airports where you have to stand <laughs> up and it can see right through your clothes, I figure they've got enough data about my private bits as they need, you know? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, there's actually a, there's a case going on, a lawsuit going on at the moment in America because the company was collecting information from a smart vibrator. It was collecting body temperature and things like that. Oh my so God. Very, very personal data, yeah. Can't get much more personal than that, can no. you, really? <laughs> very possibly, yeah. <laughs> okay, when's it going to be happening? The 19th and 20th of December. Oh, fantastic. Well, I've got a few ideas. Probably nothing you want to know about, but... <laughs> oh, no, email them. We're all welcome. <laughs> Good luck with the conference. Thanks very much. There you go. Kate, talking about the sex robot conference that's happening in London, which reminds me, I should... Wax and two stroke into the lawnmower this weekend as well. Ah.
Mr. Inappropriate, our rubber band, Sifu Play. So what's yellow and red and falls down the stairs? I don't know what. Why the f- should I care? See what I did there? Mm. That was my temper trap. Just introduce the band. Temper trap! I'm so happy to be out here. Thank you so much. It's been too long. How are you? Good to see you again. Good to be back. I was just looking on your Facebook page and I think it said 22 hours ago, Australia, here we come or something like that. Is that right? Indeed, yeah. yeah. Where was that? Oh, I think I sent that from the lounge in London. So yeah. you literally have got off a plane. Yeah. I've had that many coffees that I'm on Australia time now. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> what an incredible year it's been for touring for this band. Put a yeah. few miles under the belt. Yeah, I mean, I'm Back to gold it. status with Qantas? Yeah. Yes, finally. <laughs> You're getting a free microwave in the mail soon, I reckon. That's why we do it. <laughs> UK, Europe and the Asian festival circuit that's been this year so far five weeks in the US did you play festivals there as well yeah we did one in one called Life is Beautiful in Vegas and one in New York as well that was called Meadows Fest it's a new one it was the first year do you ever stand on stage at a festival and not realise exactly where you are it's like hello Reading what the hell have you ever done that I always I feel bad for you that that's part of your job or something like that and we weren't in Paris oh no come on Glasgow (laughs) what the but you did Lollapalooza as well Berlin we did Lola Berlin. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. That was just around the corner from mine, actually. Yeah, yeah we just went back to your pool. Pulled out of bed. Yeah, you and the Red Hot Chili Shut- Peppers in yeah. the pool, you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so now you're back. Got this tour that you're about to kick off as well. And yeah. the latest single's um, Lost, I think, from the new album as well, isn't it? Mm-hmm. That's right, yeah. Which has been remixed, hasn't it? Yeah, we've done some remixes of all, all the singles um, going around, so yeah. I read of the Honny. So the Hon, 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 I think it is. How do you say it? Hon? Hon? I've been right. saying Hon. Right, So I'll let's take hope that. that I'm right. What happened? with the remix stuff do you give approval to it or do you give it to people that you trust and then just hope that they do a good job uh, that one kind of came in and we, and we had a listen and we were like yeah it's pretty cool at other other times we've kind of like given a you know we give this song out to a few people that we like and see what comes back but yeah and how do you tell somebody if it's disappointing and you don't like it you don't you just, you just, just radio slide. silence yeah. and that's yeah <laughs> the thing is with um, remixes as well is that they can go either way and you can have some kind of Cafe Del Mar thing going on or somebody can hey, get a remix there's nothing wrong with Cafe Del Mar not that there's anything wrong with it. Uh, and I was going to give you the extreme, which was I was in the gym and somebody had remixed the churches under the Milky Way. And it started off like yeah, under the Milky Way. Yeah. And it was... I thought, oh, no. I can't imagine Steve Kilby would be happy with this, you know. Yeah, sometimes they do bootlegs and stuff. I mean, that happened to us with, with Sweet Disposition. There was one that came in and at first we were kind of like, oh, we don't really like it. And then they put it out kind of anyway as a sort of white label bootleg thing and it oh, ended wow. up getting quite popular. So you got the gigs coming up. You're going to be doing the Palais as well as the Enmore, but you're also going to be doing the Day in the Green shows with Garbage. Yeah. That's yeah. fantastic. Exciting, yeah. yeah, really cool. I mean, the first Garbage record was like when I was like 14 or 15 and that came mm. out. I was like, it was super cool. So yeah. it would be yeah. great to share a stage with them. Magnificent band. Although I was disappointed, and I don't know if you know, but Butch isn't coming. Oh, no. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, I know. That's right, cancel said. the gigs. We're yeah, out of here. Oh. Apparently, he's got some issue with his voice, I think it is. And oh, uh, he just has only... to play the drums. Come yeah, on, no, Butch. exactly. Hello. What are you doing? You're exactly. I was, singing, I was really right? excited to meet That's Butch, a poor actually. excuse, Butch. Yeah, <laughs> Sorry, man. I'm going to ask you to you know, do our next album. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't play either, guys. Sorry. Yeah, I got something wrong with my eye. Yeah, take that, Butch. Not so Butch after all. My hair is in that condition. Then you get back on the plane and go to Stockholm, Oslo, Copenhagen, Amsterdam and Germany. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's st- no rest for the wicked. I know, that's crazy. What stage are you going to get a break here? Uh, After oh. the UK run. Well, it's great to have you back. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too, Thanks bro. for having us. 
You're listening to the Rubber Room podcast. You can listen to us weeknights, 7 to 10 p.m. on Triple M. Nick is one of the youngest entomologists in Australia to get the top five centipede facts. That'd be right, wouldn't it? You'd be one of the youngest in Australia? Yeah, pretty much. What made you want to get into centipedes? Well, I've always just been fascinated with wildlife. I travel Australia, photographing animals, and I realised that diversity in centipedes is just, like, phenomenal. And they're really, like, a little understand in Australia. They're, like, not much known about them. So I thought, I might give this a crack, maybe to work with them in the future or something. So there are 43 known species of centipede in Australia. Those are the ones we know about. How many more species do you reckon have yet to be identified? Well, there will be a lot, especially in the remote regions of Australia, like in the Kimberley regions and in the desert regions. If you discover one, would you then have the rights to name it? Um, yep, if you have to write a taxonomic paper on it. Because I've wanted somebody to name something after me and I haven't had any <laughs> luck. But would you mind, if it's not too much to ask, if you do discover one, you call it ugly Phil, would that be cool? It does sound pretty good. What I want to do is I want to have the top five facts about centipedes that people don't know. Here comes fact number five. Five. <laughs> um, well, centipedes, when they lay their eggs, the mother curls up over the eggs for a few weeks and grooms them to keep them away from fungus infections. And when they hatch, all the baby centipedes, could be up to 50 or so, will just stick around with her for about a week or so before they leave. Uh, number four, well, centipede species themselves vary incredibly. So some species like the rainforest centipede in Australia can come in a lot of different colour forms. They can be green, purple, have like bands all over them. Just be like the variation in the same species is incredible throughout Australia. Three. Um, yes, yeah, so centipedes, their diet is incredible. They can take down anything from large frogs small geckos and other invertebrates. They're basically the top invertebrate predator in their ecosystem. Wow, small frogs, that's amazing. Two. They're even known to eat roadkill, so if you come across a big dead kangaroo on the road, you might see a few centipedes munching into it at night. No way. One. We've got to work with their venom, I'd say. Overseas, centipedes are fatal humans, but... In Australia, their venom isn't really fed with humans, but if one bites us, you'll be in pain for at least a few weeks, up to a month, just a massive burning sensation. Wow. I've had a burning sensation for months, but I don't think I was bitten by a centipede. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Nick, it's great to talk to you, mate. We'll keep in touch. Mate, yeah, don't forget, you. if you find a centipede, what have you got to do? i keep it in the back of my mind, yeah. right? I definitely will. It's the ugly feel. Yeah, it sounds good to me, mate. Good to touch you. Two things I can take out of that, Sammy X. One, and I think this is the most important, that even at my age I can still share a sense of humour about uh, STDs with teenagers. With teenage boys, <laughs> yes. Secondly, if you get bitten by a centipede, it hurts for a freaking month. Wow, you don't want to get bitten by one of those, then. you know, man? Anybody out there that's ever been bitten by a centipede? Did it hurt for a month? Please call me. Michael, how are you, man? I'm well, thanks, mate. How are you? Good. I was talking to Nick before. He's the youngest entomologist in Australia, and he had a few facts about centipedes. One of them is, if it bites you, you know all about it. Oh, yes, you certainly do. Where'd you get bitten? And don't say on the penis. (laughs) (laughs) Well, mate, I didn't have much safety gear on, but I did have shorts on. I just had thongs, and I was digging a hole. This is a quang carry about 800k west of Townsville and uh, I was digging a fence hole and this enormous 
thing is about eight inches long. It was uh, orange with black bands. Right. It was pretty cranky, I suppose, of being dug up out of the ground. And As you would be, forward. yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So I chopped it in half with the shovel, kept on digging. Oh, good on you. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what Harry half. Butler would have thought of that, for those that remember <laughs> Harry Butler. Hey, it's me or the centipede. It'll lie from the edge in the outback, mate. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the half that still had the mouth came back and um, crawled up onto my foot and bit me. Oh, he had now, vengeance. He's like the yes. Terminator when they cut the bottom half of Arnie. He's still coming after you with the one good arm. That didn't surprise me with this little bugger. He was tenacious. And uh, I can only describe it as someone injecting boiling hot water into the veins of your leg. Wow. Um, the pain was intense. I just dropped the shovel, um, yelled out for the missus, and she took me to hospital. They gave me antihistamine and, and uh, actually gave me pethidine. The pain lasted for about a week. I describe it as a stinging pain, but it's inside your veins, so you rub your legs and you get no relief from it. It's just monstrous. I'd never, ever want to go through that again. How long did it last? Because uh, Nick was saying about a month. Probably about seven to eight days. I was. I suppose it depends on the species. This one uh, maybe wasn't as bad as some of them, but uh, I, mean, I never want to go through that again. That was a shocker. No, absolutely. Mate, good to talk to you. And folks, if there's a moral to that story, you know what it is. I'll tell you. I mean, it doesn't need me saying it, but the moral's there. Don't go to the outback. Ugly Phil. Oh, my God, you see him too. You will know him by the name of the beast. Ugly Phil. Triple M, the rubber room. Sammy X got some goals for us. What do you got? So Nikki Six, best known for being in Motley Crue and 6am, has come out and said he does not like the work of Steel Panther. What's wrong with him? Doesn't he understand with the cultural significance and the bridges that they've built? Glam rockers Steel Panther are, of course, best known for their exaggerated onstage personas. Yeah, well, and, there's that, yeah. And crude and humorous lyrics. They've been described as the bastard offspring from an unholy union of Poison and Motley Crue. I think Donald Trump's taken that mantle, hasn't he? <laughs> Nikki Six, however, reckons he just can't get into them and states that he takes his music a little more seriously. Steel Panther singer Michael Starr reckons that Motley Crue take themselves a little too serious, except for Vince Neil, who, quote, totally loves it. You know, he told me, hey, Michael, when we retire, you can have all of our fans. Star wants well, said. you could have had his spandex too, but way too big now. Hey, should we hear Ken Lee? Yeah, okay then, yeah. Ken Lee, the level they without you. Tonight's bad record. Steve and Kevin West are a couple of brothers. They're a couple of country music singers. They put out a few songs. One of them is called I'm a Cow. Now, when I heard this first, I thought it was a piss take song. But it turns out it's not. They legitimately released this single as a legitimate country music song. And unfortunately, it tanked. So they actually believe that they are cows? They actually believe this song would be successful. I see, right. Yeah, I'm a cow. Moo, moo, Tonight's bad record. Love it. I'm a cow, can't you see that I live in a tree? I knew you would. Hills are high, grass is green, heaven for a fat hole steam. Yeah, that's the words. 
do my cut, eat my hay, same old damn thing every day. Farmer Brown ain't what he seems, he gets off on milking me. <laughs> I'm a cow, can't you see that I live in the country? I'm a cow, oh no, it's got me going now. Get your mind out the gutter, get your hand off my udder. Oh, <laughs> I'm a cow. Oh, stop it. We may find this a bit disturbing. He held me. Go! Oh. 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 Oh.